listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Skylight Books Podcast. You're in for another edition of Better Than the Movie, in which some booksellers and a talented guest discuss uh, movie adaptations of books and short stories eventually. But I digress. I am your co-host, Justin Reamer. <laughs> Who are you pointing at? I'm Alan Trailer. Which one are you pointing to? I'll do the, the cue. Okay. I'm your co-host, Justin Reamer. Hey, whoa! And I'm Alan Trailer. What's up, y'all? <laughs> I'm Tyler Austin. <laughs> and today we have with us... First take. <laughs> and today we have with us musician, educator, bookseller... Colin Yonkman! Woo! Yay! I'm so excited to be here. Yay! And we are discussing the Sofia Coppola written and directed film Priscilla and the memoir Elvis and Me by Priscilla Bolio Presley. And who's the credited co writer? Sarah or Sandra Harmon. Sandra, there you go. Um, that's what we're discussing. Um, but to I knew it was an S. <laughs> Same. I thought Sarah, but it's okay. I thought Sarah for sure. It felt right. It felt right. Uh, What are you going to do? She's a ghost. That's right. Writer. Yeah. But she clearly was like, I will take a cut and pay to get that credit. Yep. Um, uh, All right. So we're discussing a a tell-all of sorts, a memoir, um, but also a music story. So I wanted us to start off by discussing uh, that kind of jazz, like uh, music stories, music biopics, music, whatevers. Uh, Colin, since you're our guest, why don't you kick off with uh, something you think is is talk-worthy? With what is a volume of notes in front. I really went too hard. (laughs) I can't help myself. Um, When you asked us to think about, like, music or biopics or books or things that we have read, I just, I remember when I had exited my first band and Kim Gordon came out with her book, Girl in a Band, I reached for it thinking that it would just really, like, soothe all the pain that I had from being a girl in a band. Did it? No. <laughs> no, it was uh, Shame. no recognition of any kind of feminist struggle, perhaps a, no recognition of perhaps a, a class issue that mm-hmm. would come up from from where she had come from. And so I was so disappointed I couldn't finish it. And I kind of paged through it after reading this. And again, I, d- I don't care for it. So then I read Carrie Brownstein's Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl. And I liked that one a lot more. Mm. Um, But I do sort of have an issue with some sort of music, bio, things, because there's just a lot of name dropping. And I don't know if I know, like, the deep cuts enough to, like, really log into that. Yeah, it's like, who is this for? Who is this for? And it feels more like (laughs) documentation of a particular scene, which I was not a part of or maybe just on the outskirts of. So... You had I, to be there, you know? Tro- totally. <laughs> had to be there. Had to be in the band. So I have sort of like a love-hate relationship with these things because I go in wanting some sort of like feeling or analysis of what it was like to be in the time. And it's not. It's like, this is what happened, and here's when it happened, and here's why it happened, and then this happened. And then the, and it's like very, very linear, of course. Yeah, just hit the Wikipedia, you know? Exactly. Call it a day. Call it a day. Be done. Yes. But I don't my, need facts and context. No. <laughs> so my first like foray though, like that I did enjoy though, was as a kid I went to see Dreamgirls and like the Buddy Holly story on the stage. So <laughs> those always end with like a basically like a fake 
performance, like a fake concert. So I remember being like a little girl with my parents, like in a big auditorium filled with white people, just like, yay, Buddy Holly. <laughs> and then that movie or that show ends with like the lights go down and then you just hear an airplane. You're like, oh. Oh, that's mm, dark. Oh, so we're done here. So they all, yeah, it's <laughs> that like is the big bopper and then it's like a Buddy Holly show and then lights down, airplane noise. Uh, mama, wait, mama, how, what's the airplane well, I mean, noise How about? far does it go? <laughs> I mean, does I it go mean, to crash and burn? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's a, a reference to the movie, though, because, like, have you seen the Gary Busey movie? I have not. In fact, I didn't know of its existence oh, until yeah. this morning when okay. I Wikipedia. Well, what I was going to say is it's kind of like that. Like, the movie ends with this the big show that he played, his last show, and it's like, rock and roll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediate cut to, like, freeze frame, cut to title card, uh, he died the next day. Like, you know, like... Fantastic. And, the and quantum leap ending. And I remember I actually listened to the director's commentary on that, partly because so much of that movie is clearly made up. I was just like, I need you to explain yourself. Hmm. He said that he didn't realize how much appeal the movie would have for like kids, and that a lot of like kids or former kids came to him like traumatized is like, I was having so much fun and then he died. Yep. Because yeah, they, they were yeah. coming to the Buddy Holly story not necessarily knowing about the plane crash. So. No, and as a kid, I was I, really into Buddy Holly and really into the Big Bopper because mm -hmm. that's normal. I feel like that show wow. should end with the airplane noise and then it goes right into American Pie by Don McLean. Or, or the guy from MASH comes in and he's like, there was no survivors. There were no survivors. There were no survivors. He crashed into the Sea of Japan. And they're like, I thought his show was in Iowa. No. He gets to Japan somehow. Don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It's Hollywood magic. I mean, isn't that like one of the last like normal Gary Busey performances? Doesn't he get into a motorcycle crash like shortly thereafter? No, he's pretty normal. I, I think it was in the. I think it was much later in the eighties. Yeah, it's in the eighties. Okay. Yeah. It feels like one of the last normal ones. I the Tiger Man, oh, okay. uh, Under Siege. Uh, that's definitely post crash. <laughs> I don't know what world that would be a normal Gary Busey performance. He's but. always kind of been that way. Like even in um, what's the yeah. one with Dustin Hoffman? The uh, the one that's based on the. Eddie Bunker book. Uh, oh, is it oh straight, uh, straight time, straight time. Straight time He's rules. pretty crazy in that one too, yeah, and that's in the seventies. But it's con it's contained in a way that I think once you hit your head on pavement real hard, you, it's it's harder to keep it locked. Well, in. then you get the the beautiful I'm with Busey show, the yeah. short lived VH1. Yeah. Was that VH1 or in TV? I think it's VH1. No, it was Comedy Central. But oh, uh, that's right. But, that's uh, why it's not. But a yeah, that's anywhere. the thing. Is like Comedy he Central. he had the big outsized Texas personality for a while, but then. Concussion, you know, brain injury caused a further ramping up of the yeah. having. Um, yeah, well, what we, I was gonna say. I also, just I watched The Firm last night until like four o'clock in the morning, and he's insane in that movie, and it's great. And that's like nineteen. We live different lives. We do. We do. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I mean, I was also up that late, but I was not watching The Firm. Oh, oh, you were doing something important, playing video games. No, I was playing video uh, games. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, oh, I forgot you were trying to cure cancer at four in the morning. Yeah, we live such different lives. I already solved that problem. <laughs> now it's time for gaming. Yeah. I was shocked though. Like I didn't. First of all, I didn't know the Buddy Holly story film existed. I thought it was only a stage spectacular, and <laughs> I was very shocked to see. Like when I said, when I read, it's like, oh, Gary Busey in the Buddy Holly story. I'm like, what part did he play? <laughs> like, it, like it could not, it could not compute to me that he was like Buddy Holly. Yeah, sure. Kind of and he was nominated for an Oscar for that. Yeah, movie. A shocked. Like this morning, I had quite the moment where I was yeah. like, wait a second. 
But the only thing about that, I, I mean, I, I don't know the stage production, but the only thing about that movie, and, and well, I, it's spectacular. I don't know if I mentioned <laughs> it. It is spectacular. I is saw that, it more than twice. Is that I don't? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know much of Buddy Holly's bi- uh, biography, but what I know, like watching that movie, I was like, like you've made this up, like like that you like took a real thing, and then you're like, you know, it's better than that, a trope. Make it all and, up. Well, you said so. You said in our text thread, Alan, that you. You aren't much for biopics or music biopics or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, is that why you think you gravitate to Walk Hard instead of an actual biopic? Yeah, or? it's a, it's also amazing. It's a perfect comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong mean, kid died, man. Beautiful. <laughs> don't come in here, Dewey. <laughs> you don't want uh, no part of this. <laughs> it makes, makes it everything funny. Better. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it's um, a perfect movie. But yeah, I just don't. Um, they're all too formulaic. Uh, and I'm just not really interested how someone that's super famous lived before they became super famous, nor do I care about their life as they're super famous. Like, I just kind of have no interest whatsoever. You don't want the moment when they're in the studio and they go, wait, hold on. Play that. Do that again? Do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the I think you should leave version of that. <laughs> God. The, the, the moment that angers me so much in a movie like that is the movie Ray, where... <sighs> Uh, Jamie Foxx as Ray is having an argument with the woman he's with and then he just sits down at the piano and turns it into hit the road Jack <laughs> he's just like go ahead and say that again baby and then yeah. especially considering he didn't fucking write hit the road Jack but no he did because the movie the movie said so yeah. there's also no, a, yeah. another crazy movie in, a moment in Ray where he's just like walking down the street and then it's like Hi, I'm Quincy Jones, and you're like, what? What? <laughs> or, or it's like he's like this kid on the streets playing saxophone. He's like, what's your name? I'm Quincy. Quincy Jones. It's oh, like an man. insane movie. It's moment it's, yeah. it's worse than that because I remember that too. Because <laughs> he literally gets off the bus in Chicago or whatever, wow. and Quincy Jones is playing the horn right there. Right there. It's, it's a, like yeah. I get you have to like squeeze things together, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say the sort of as the crow flies narrative of like biopics can be troubling yeah yeah well because life doesn't really fit into a three-act structure in a way that's satisfying to like a movie audience yeah <laughs> uh well, which abolish the three-act structure down with it look i mean i, I think Long you can make an act. argument that maybe priscilla doesn't quite i fit I into it, that mold either. i think it you definitely know. doesn't yeah which is which is interesting i i mean it's i was looking into like music biopics there are i think there are some top Notch ones or some really well done ones, but like it is weird to see how cyclical it is. Like I, f- I feel like we go through like Dewey Cox is like very clearly making fun of a Ray or a Walk the Line. It's you know he's got to think about his life before every mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. and then he's I don't know think about his whole life his whole before life. he plays. <laughs> uh, so good. But even then, just recently <laughs> there was weird. The Weird Al Yankovic uh, oh, parody that. one that's like very clearly making fun of the sort of tropes of like the new music biopic, which was like the Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man. Uh, I mean the lo- the long list. Like there are an insane amount of music biopics that have because it's like Bohemian Rhapsody made a billion dollars, and yeah. everyone's like, can we make a more billion dollars? Another billion. Like there's actually more billions. I, I, I made a list of all the ones that are about to come out, and it's abs- or have come out in the wake and are about to come out, and yeah. it's 
Absolutely insane. So th- it's been Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocketman, Elvis, obviously. Mm-hmm. Respect, they did an Aretha Franklin one. Judy, the Judy Garland movie. That Bob Marley one's been coming out for Bob uh, Marley movie about is three years ins- now. Is- but it's also hilarious oh, in that trailer because it just says next year. Yeah. Next year. Just like it always the whole says year. next year. And they also <laughs> have done the thing where it's now just Bob Marley, one love. Like they're just like, hey, hey, it, it, if one love isn't clear enough for you, we're just going to call it Bob Marley colon one love yeah. <laughs> uh, but we also yeah have like on the horizon maestro with Bradley Cooper the Madonna one that Madonna's Who's gonna playing direct Madonna? I think it's Garner Julia Garner from um, what's that show the Netflix show Ozarks? the blonde lady from Ozarks yeah mm. who's great okay. like her. there's She's a Jonah Hill Jerry Garcia <laughs> movie coming out there's an Amy Winehouse movie there's a Donnie and Joe Emerson movie with Casey Affleck and Walton Goggins. Oh, that already came out, yeah. Did that already, yeah, that already happened. The Bee Gees, which is going to be uh, Lauren Scafaria, is going to direct. It had been John Carney. And it's going to no, be the uh, Lonely Island Boys playing it, right? I mean, that would be great. <laughs> I think we can all agree that would be great. That would also be good. I mean, and it was going to be Bradley Cooper at one point, and then he's like dropped out because he's doing <laughs> Maestro instead. Like, we are in a... Like a, a a cycle, we never of leave it. Heavy, yeah, it's true. But I think it, it definitely yeah. ramps up at times, and we are in a ramping up. And I think we are hitting oh, critical mass. You know what, though, uh, I do have to make one, ex- two exceptions. The the late '90s miniseries of the Jacksons mm. and uh, the Temptations. Oh yeah, those are both like fantastic miniseries. Yeah, yeah. I I worked at a video store when those were on video, and people would rent those every week. Yeah, they're awesome. Like for year, like I only worked at a video store for like two years, but like every week, some family would be like, "This is our weekend viewing is the Jacksons four hour miniseries mm-hmm. or whatever." Well, it's I think the thing with like Bohemian Rhapsody, like I remember when that trailer was going around, and people were like, "Whoa, this looks so good!" And even when that I just based on the trailer was like. Does it look good, or do you just like we will rock you? Yeah. Well, I is that just like, a good song? I think that's a really good foundational question about like music biopics in general. Do you just like the music, or do you actually like the story, or do you just want to be in the dark listening to the music? Yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah. The answer is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is what people yeah. want. Yeah. And you know. Yeah, I don't even know how to begin to parse that. Well, and it's, since I hate them it, in general, so it's interesting too. Like, like we're still we're still sort of in the intro, but I feel like Priscilla is one that is interesting because it completely cuts out the music there's no elvis music apart from love me tender which is a public domain song anyway Mm -hmm. so that's why they play it without lyrics um so it has to be like does this story compel you as opposed to like does elvis's music do something for you yeah it's also more of a character piece or a character study than Maybe a double character study, like a little bit more of Elvis, but a lot of Priscilla. Yeah. Um, well, can we get into it? Has everyone seen Baz Luhrmann's Elvis? No. I have not. Wow. He's no. only got one good movie, man. Romeo and Juliet. I mean, I don't disagree. Well, so I was explaining to the, some, someone earlier that I saw Elvis in theaters. Mm. Was like, wow, that's a rollicking good time. Mm-hmm. I watched it at home and I was like, mm, did that kind of suck? <laughs> uh, I, had, I had the same thing because because I saw it in the theater. I was like, oh, this is like a roller coaster. Like like it's schlock, yeah. but it's like roller coaster schlock. Great. But then yeah, when it hit HBO Max, two different roommates watched it, and I watched like a fifty minute chunk with each of them, and I was like, oh no, never mind. This is just 
schlock. Like, mm-hmm. not even roller coaster fun schlock. Like, it's yeah. kind of, it's so insane. I, I think the way I've, t- I've heard people talk about it, and in, in both positive and a negative way, is that that is a movie that is, like, going for Elvis as a superhero. Like, he is, yeah. the, he is myth. Mm. Like, this is We Are Printing the Legend version, which... You know, I mean, yeah. basically boils down Priscilla's role to, I think, a total of, like, six minutes runtime, yeah. <laughs> including one very fun montage, I will say, where it's like, it, you know, he's living his Hollywood dream, and they're, like, dancing through, like, a bus or something. It's very fun. Anyways, but it yeah. is an insane way to Sounds kind delightful. of go about his... I mean, it's visually a feast for the mm-hmm. eyes, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it is maximalist. It is absolutely sure. maximalist, but... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's an insane. It's an insane movie. It's an insane movie that takes on Elvis in a way where it's like I, I don't know if, if you would agree with this, Justin, but I feel like the, the 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 movement of that movie is Elvis being like, I have a good idea. Tom Hanks and old man makeup being like, no, it's a bad idea, and then Elvis does it anyway, and it's a good idea, and it works. Wow. And then that happens like four times, and then Elvis dies. Sounds like a movie. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. It's I really, really only nuts. wanted to watch it for the crazy Tom Hanks. He's insane performance. I mean, it's the Colonel, right? That's yeah, he's yeah. doing Colonel Colonel Tom. It's it, as as much as you're like, why is the Elvis movie so much about the Colonel? It's like, well, because he's doing this performance, and like. Yeah. Yeah. It's a movie where Elvis dies and you're like, wait, hold on, did Elvis die? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> I missed it. Oh, he's always oh, gone. Okay, all right, mm-hmm. he's, he's still dead. Okay. Does he just like fade into mist? He, yeah, he sandlots. Yeah. 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 Oh, the airplane comes back again. I, I will say, I will say as, as Dicey, like... Uh, It'd be a toilet flush. It yeah. would be. I, I feel like we recently were talking about Dicey, Dicey conclusions with um, Killers of the Flower Moon, but... With um, the ending of Elvis, I think that's a pretty dicey choice to go from Austin Butler in a fat suit lip syncing to. I'm sorry, uh, I'm oh, movie, so pardon me. Fat suit. Oh, I'm back on board now. Oh, I mean, like, he, like, he puts it is on. It, is we talking Nutty it, Professor? Uh, we talking Taste? It's he like a big, a so, or is it Amazing Grace? It's, it's it's like a big uh, Unchained Melody. Oh, Unchained Melody. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's a big melodramatic song. Yeah, and they just do a cut. To real Elvis yeah. from Fat Suit Austin Butler, and it's like, oh, that could have gone awry, but it actually worked for me, and I actually mm. did get a little bit of the. It does. It yeah. does work in the theaters. Bit, it definitely like, worked well, on me for sure. Tingly, like, ooh, mm. like, oh, and then he died. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, Butler's good in it, but again, he's I think almost going for as, as much of an impression, whereas I actually think in this movie we're getting like a character, mm. yeah. which I think was was. You know, better. I, I would say better. Yeah, I would. I would say better. Having not seen Elvis, I could say it's better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't I, even I, consider seeing Elvis. <laughs> not even. Not that. I think I saw the trailer. Not for me. Yeah. Not for me. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of movie. What's sure. what's everyone's just general relationship to Elvis, the recording artist? Mm. Um, I mean, growing up in Texas, I heard some, but I'm not a huge fan. But his early stuff is actually pretty pretty cool, pretty decent. I'm just I, I would never think to put him on, basically. I had let's see my my second grade teacher randomly had like an obsession mm-hmm. with Elvis. And A lot of so people did all the time. Like when you come into class in the morning, like you know, I just it was all around me at that age. And the first time I ever sang karaoke was an Elvis song. Oh, which song? Return to Sender. <coughs> oh, great I love song. that song. And I really listened to like the oldie station in my little Midwestern town with my dad. So we had two jokes. If you're in the car, you're going to hear Elvis and you're going to hear the Beach Boys. 
<laughs> and so we were big into that. But again, we were more Buddy Holly people, as yeah. I previously mentioned. You did. Um, but well, all right. Yeah, I, I did really like Elvis for a long time, and then obviously became more aware of his personal life and. Mm. Uh, you mean you know, just hanging just, out with his buddies and being just having a good time? Yeah, is that, yeah. Is that the, the, to? the fraternity of Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. TCB <laughs> taking care of business, you know. Yeah, and I learned more about you know the history of blues and history of music, and I was like, uh oh, uh oh. And then things changed. <laughs> yeah, then I put Elvis away. Yeah, yeah. Especially funny. I think it's in the. I can't remember if it's in the movie or not. But when he's talking about, I think no, it's in the the book when he's in Vegas and he's talking about like doing like. Like starting to ape one of the people that aped him, yes. and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah it hurts, huh? Yeah, no it hurts, Elvis, huh? No <laughs> where interesting? Yeah, yeah. Where where Priscilla's like, hey, Ricky Nelson has a good hairstyle, he's and like, he's like, fuck guy. Ricky Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Copy an ass motherfucker. I'm yeah. go with his hairstyle. Oh, <laughs> uh, real quick. All right, so I'll just say my my biopic pick is La Bamba. It's excellent. Luis oh. Valdez. Amazing Chicano uh, playwright turned filmmaker. His film A Zoot Suit is also excellent. I'll just say that real quick because we're already like we should be talking. Um, we are. And then I'll, and then as far as Elvis goes, I actually I grew up. My grandfather was in the vending machine business, and he had old jukeboxes and just stacks of forty fives in his basement. So I would go through and just like pick out random stuff. So I. Like a child of the '50s, I discovered uh, Elvis through random singles, and actually, some of my favorite Elvis songs are like "Wooden Heart," which I do believe is on that Number One's album. But it's like, who's gonna go for "Wooden Heart"? I mean, I've never um, heard that song in my life. I'm pretty sure "Wooden Heart." Wooden Heart, yeah, it's it's like from his Germany time because it like is based on a German folks. You got it. Like mm. he sings in German in the second half of the song. Oh. Anyhow. Uh, I think I just like quirky shit. Anyhow, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think I think there is there is that nostalgia thing. But yeah, I've like I I agree. I'm also more of a Buddy Holly person because like he's he's more of he's got more of a handle creatively on what the heck he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like because um, actually my friend from New York did write the thirty three and a third on from Elvis in Memphis. Shout out to Eric Wolfson. Who has a new book coming out and maybe we'll get him on the podcast but anyhow uh, i digress um so i do actually like that era too the post comebacker a little bit like just because i think the people he's working with are good um which is uh not to jump ahead but to jump ahead like like that's one of the parts where priscilla in the book just starts talking about his career more than anything that's happening with them mm-hmm. and she's like he was he was working with creative people again, and it was good music and blah blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I agree, Priscilla. <laughs> that, yeah, that is very perceptive. That's a good that's a good little good little patch. Yeah. Um, so well, that's my take. All right. I must say, just quickly, as a child of Las Vegas, Viva Las Vegas, Viva, Viva, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. <laughs> I think it's, we a, it's do a duet. It speaks for itself. I think. Uh, I, I mean, truly, there is probably not a time in my life where I don't think I was aware of Elvis and, like, mm-hmm. you know, was at least somewhat of a fan of his. I mean, so influential was the 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 title of that Flintstones movie, Viva Rock, Viva Ve- Rock. Vegas, I believe. Vegas, Viva Rock, Vegas. There's yeah. nowhere he can't. Well, touch. and everyone knows that you watch Honeymoon in Vegas every day. So. I watch Honeymoon in Vegas. Do love that one uh well and i will say so have like i got the number one cd 
and was probably the first CD I had with like a new CD Walkman, what, what would you, whatever you call it, a Discman. Yeah. A Discman was the yeah. first CD I had with that. Uh, skip project, projection, skip protection. No? Yeah, yes. yeah, loved it. Oh, it was great. It. Enjoyed it. <laughs> Only lasted uh, twenty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was very good. It was, uh, and then, do, then during the pandemic, uh, uh, my fiance and I would go through HBO Max and just find stuff. And there was an entire Elvis collection. And there was a, uh, there's a, it's a pretty fun concert doc uh, with him where he's wearing a lot of shirts that look like they are from that I think you should leave sketch like he got them at Dan Flashes um, there are so many they're complicated, they're so complicated patterns yeah. the patterns are so complicated you have no idea and it's a lot of him prepping stuff and like some behind the scenes stuff he's like at the old MGM lot which is really cool and then he does a Vegas performance which was incredible during the pandemic because there is in the middle of Suspicious Minds he comes off the stage and kisses every woman in the crowd and in like pretty cool April, in like, yeah, I was pretty gonna say cool. in May of 2020 Audrey and I were on our couch just like oh my god yeah. this is madness yeah. but the man's fucking charismatic he can't keep he's, getting away with it he's a charismatic man you know um, so anyways that's my Vegas that's my Vegas Elvis talk sure great so I don't know how do we get into I guess I guess Tyler <clears throat> continue to hold the reins and just sort of run down a little bit about what Priscilla covers in her memoir, and then what? And then we'll get into what Sophia took and yeah. everything else. Succinctly. And I also watched. I, I don't know. Did any of you folks skim the miniseries from the eighties? I wanted to. Yeah, I I, I skimmed the, <laughs> I the nineteen eighty eight miniseries that is called Elvis and Me, like the book. Uh, and I have some thoughts, but we can get into that later. Okay. I did not get into that. Uh, mm-hmm. Your ringing endorsement. Yeah. Uh, time I is, time is precious. Justin's got it. So. It's, it's got noteworthy things, but I don't think it's watchable. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Norris in it? No, that was the thing. Down. Like the, the scenes where she's um, training with her Taekwondo instructor, it's not a dude with an afro, and then they didn't go with Chuck Norris either. It's just like a bland, white-looking guy. Heartbreaking. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, we can get into that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, Elvis and me, Priscilla Presley, she wrote it, what, 1985, I believe? Mm-hmm. So it's basically, yeah, it's a memoir, the first memoir we've done on the on the show. But it's it's pretty focused on, I think maybe more so than the movie, it, it, it does begin and end with a little more of her life, you know, but again, yeah. before and after Elvis. So she kind of sets herself up. It's one of the most interesting things I feel like is the details of like, she was just a very normal girl. Like she just, you know, she's an army brat, moved around a lot. She ends up in Germany. Uh, she's like, even my friend joked like, hey, Elvis isn't going to be that far away from you when you go to Germany. She meets a young Elvis who's, I think, 24 at the time. She's 14 years old. Mm-hmm. They begin a friendship. Sure. Uh, a sure. relationship of some kind that is however you you know I don't know how you want to spin it um, sure <laughs> I've heard of kissing cousins but kissing whatever the fuck uh, this is I <laughs> oh boy um, so they Tyler's sweating profusely. oh boy <laughs> it's called child abuse yeah. it's not yeah I mean, that's it's, the word you're looking for it's not good it's not good <laughs> She so they 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 begin uh, you know while he's there I think it's about six months it's not really a full year that they're sort of together in Germany while she's fourteen he goes back to America eventually he starts being like calling her and saying you should come visit me you should come visit me she at age of sixteen eventually moves to Graceland moves into his house uh, they live together for a number of years 
Um, we kind of get into the ins and outs of what it's like living at Graceland, her being left behind while Elvis is making movies in Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, how she sort of, what Elvis expects of his woman, as he would say. His little girl. Uh, his little girl. <laughs> hey, little satin. Yeah. Little one. He, he, he just, yeah. a million, like a, only a couple times in the movie, but in the book, a million times. A million hey, little one. Hi, right, how's little, my little one? Little, little one. Little, little one. one. Uh, they do eventually get married. They have Lisa Marie. Uh, and you know, over time, basically, Elvis starts to devolve into dr- drugs and, and uh, drug-related fantasies of cleaning up the streets from drug dealers. Oh yeah, that uh, thing is hilarious. Which is that wild. Was one of my favorite um, <laughs> she begins to sort I'm of get that badge. Get that badge, <laughs> Mr. Nixon, President Nixon. I need that narcotics badge. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just an, so he could take drugs anywhere he yeah, wants. Exactly. I have an impassioned plea for you, President Nixon. Oh, I care deeply about this drug epidemic. Uh, I'm not getting to take oh, all of holy them. Holy shit, Elvis is in here. <laughs> He's got to take all the drugs. Uh, I need to research the drugs so that way yeah. I know what to kick off the streets. I mean, right. boy, if you needed any more of like a moment that there's an insane Elvis, even in his own mind, he doesn't know how big of a double standard is. It's like, I know about all these things. But, and I take all these pills and they're fine, but you should definitely not take birth control. Yeah. Just not even for a second, yeah. Priscilla. I don't, it's, it's not, not proven yet. Tested. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, pal. Yeah. Um, take this yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, here's 500 milligrams of a thing that'll knock Actually, you out. Actually, that, that reminds me a little bit of. Oh, well, I don't remember which special it's in, but the David Cross joke where he's like, I've abused all these drugs. And then my girlfriend says to me, is like, just, you know, just drink the whole bottle of cough syrup. And he's like, no, this is medicine. <laughs> <laughs> this dexedrine is medicine. Uh, so eventually, you know, they, they start to grow apart. Uh, she kind of breaks out from under his sort of... I growing say, apart slash growing up. Yeah, she grows up. <laughs> becomes I mean, a person. <laughs> yeah, I, again, it's hard to frame any of this as yeah. a relationship. I mean, that is how the book frames it, uh, because in 1985, we did not have the language to discuss this, and, you know, she just writes it as it happened to her in, in the terms that it, in which they were happening to her. Yeah. I think we'd have a lot of different words for it now, yeah. uh, which is one of the haunting things about the book, personally, mm. like, where you're like, oh, this woman had her childhood stolen from her especially when she she narrates the audiobook and is like laughing at anecdotes and i'm like some of the anecdotes when she laughs it's like it's pretty enriching but other times i'm just like you're laughing not to cry you are laughing not to cry but but also like the 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 punchline the punchline which i didn't hit till today because i finally finished the audiobook this morning recorded 2022 yeah. So she is listening back to what she wrote in the 80s, experienced in the 70s, and that's what she's laughing at. I just got chills. Damn. I am so yeah. upset. Especially, especially yeah, the audio <laughs> is so pretty, pretty interesting take, man. Yeah, especially knowing what's happened to her family, like when she talks about Lisa Marie and just like, yeah, Elvis really was a bad dad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh. Yeah. yeah ooh. It's pretty, it's, it's tough. I guess... With enough distance, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't want to say what exactly how but, that what that is for her, her how she deals yeah. with her own experiences. Well, she, but they are her yeah. experiences, so True. I would let her own them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I mean, there's an argument to be made that it's sort of like she's spinning a yarn, and some of the laughs are like that. Some of it seems like she's genuinely amused, like oh, I forgot that story. Yeah, but yeah. then some right. of it That's seems like point. I'm going to minimize the horror. Yes, yeah. so it's uh, like certainly. three brands of laughs in the audiobook. Yeah, <laughs> and that's certainly it. And then uh, so basically. They, they end up divorcing. She she establishes a life of her own away from Elvis, which involves uh, a lot of karate, 
which rules, yep. and uh, eventually, you know, realizes it's time to separate from Elvis. They get divorced, and then it basically follows through until that they maintain sort of friendly terms until his death, and that's the book, pretty much. There's also this kind of feeling that she thinks they could eventually reconcile. Yeah, yeah. They both yeah. say that uh, several times, yeah. Yeah, and that his death was, like, the real breakup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I understand, like, obviously, they. I guess you have a relationship with a person you have a child of with. Course. Yeah, they well, stay close yeah. to some degree, it seems. For, for, well, I mean, yeah, again, it's... For like, his life, I guess. Yeah. Well, when someone's groomed you, it's really hard to say goodbye to them. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. And you that's always one live of, inside your heart a little bit. That's yeah. one of the terms <laughs> that this book cries out for under new eyes. Yeah. yeah. A, a cycle, of, <laughs> cycle of abuse. Well, Emotional yeah. manipulation. These are things we know. Well, like that, that she comment she makes when she talks about him showing up to the divorce proceedings and he's not looking great and she's like, she's like, oh, is his girlfriend taking care of him? Like, oh, like yeah, I would? I and it's just like, ooh. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like divorce, divorce, not... Well, not, I mean, the book... Oh, God, I wish I should have written the quote down, but, like, one of the first lines in the book is, like, how she refers to him is, like lover husband and god oh, or something yeah, like yeah, yeah. That. I, got, I mean I'm he, sure I got that. or it's like father husband and god or something like that over the years he became my father husband and very nearly god that's right now he was gone and i felt more alone and afraid than ever in my life that quote fucked me up it is and it's i don't know if it's meant to have the emotional and like when she's writing it in 1985 i think she's just being like this is what it was, and it's yeah. like now with even more distance, it's it's truly 100%. haunting and painful. Like yeah. it's it's crazy. It, it's truly I struggle because I think like she is very clear. Like she wrote that sentence, or Sa Sandra Sarah wrote that sentence, yeah. or they wrote it together, and it's Sandy so Sarah. clear, right? Like it at once acknowledges that sort of in, almost incestuous, like predatory situation, but then doesn't condemn it like it's yeah. this book is yeah. very clear and ve like outlines the kind of systematic group abuse that she would submit like yeah take you know that was put on her but at the same time there isn't like a lot of like condemnation of what happened no. the yeah. whole book is very clear with these incredible statements of acknowledging or at least narrating recalling remembering exactly what happened to her like you know, calling her little one and putting it in the book the whole time. Like, she knows what she's doing. She names her age. And so it's very, it's right out there. Yeah. But yeah. it is told through this lens of a fairy tale. Like, it it's reads like a Disney princess book. I think that's kind of her take on it. Yeah, I think still. it is. Yeah. I Which think is it Which is wild, but yeah. And maybe she, that... She was the chosen one. Yes. Or one, one of the chosen... Mini? I, I don't know. And I feel like she was chosen because she'd be the easiest to control out of everyone. Possibly. Like her ability to endure it all. But yes, I, that was the hard part for me in this book is that she very clearly knows that what happened to her was wrong while also feeling like a princess. Like experiencing first love. Yeah. First love, quote unquote, first love. Right. Whatever yeah. that could mean for someone who's being, who's like toast the minute she meets him. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, like a like a like a little crush turns into, I don't know, decades of your life. A prison. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's which the movie very clear. Like they're in that room a lot. 
just eating in bed. Like that whole montage <laughs> of them was, eating yeah. in bed, I was like, whoa. Peanut butter, bacon sandwich. This is crazy. They never fucking leave. She never gets to go anywhere. No, Even she, though in she, the book she has like a job eventually. Does she? Yeah, I think it's obviously like a very complicated. But I thought she had like a modeling thing for a minute too. That's, that's the thing he tells her to do quit. It, yeah. Or okay, she did yeah, it for like a week and then he was okay. like, knock it off. Yeah, no, that's that's it's, the thing. Is like, I need I need you to be there when I want you there, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, brutal. Um, Fucking brutal. Oof. But yeah, the, the thing that's funny though is that the movie softens it a little bit in its way because in the book she describes that there's fucking aluminum foil on the window to keep out the sun right. so she's in this room with no natural light for days on end yeah just yeah <laughs> i think the movie softens him and the whole thing quite a bit yeah that's interesting i don't i mean it definitely i mean probably i mean I, bit, yeah. I i think there are a lot of interesting things that oddly are touched on in the miniseries that aren't in the movie but like, like, make it a little odder altogether. Like, like one of the things is the fact that in the book she talks about, she discovers that the person she's been living with that is her father is not her father. Yeah. Um, her father died uh, in the war. Yeah. yeah. It, like the plane was over the shot sea down. of Japan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> over the sea of Japan. Like the cast of Mash. Yep. Um, in the miniseries, they 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 do more with that, and like that's kind of the implication they make in the miniseries is like that's why he kind of lets her spend so much time is because he feels guilty he's like I'm not even really her father I guess I should be more indulgent to her or whatever. Mm. which is that's questionable um, yeah but but also interesting take that just doesn't even seem to be but, the case yeah. by her writing but also writing, the, but the yeah. detail about like <laughs> when they're living in Germany they're living in a brothel like oh, the yeah, Beaulieu right. family is living in a brothel but in, in Coppola's film they're just living in a you know, suburban-looking house, um, which is an odd, its just like an odd little softening. And so there's 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 different things like that. That yeah. Oh, or, or even there's a there's a sequence in the miniseries that's from the book, which is when her parents come to visit in L.A. and she's been sleeping in Elvis's room, and she, oh, has, she has to, to quickly like, yeah. <laughs> throw her stuff into another guy's room to pretend that that hasn't been happening. Which in the miniseries is played for laughs. Of course. Right. Well, and um, I'm sure a real screwball moment. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised in the book and even in the movie there are it is played for laughs sometimes her the age difference or the fact that she's a child like like you're saying like and she's always talking about like oh well they they laughed at me because I didn't know this or I didn't right know that, yeah or I was a little girl and it's like it's not okay it's uncomfortable laughter like what's the joke exactly yeah it's interesting um yeah I that that stuff the the jokes and the laugh I mean they're um, there are some really good jokes in this movie. <laughs> Uh, not the ones we were just discussing. <laughs> well, I'm referring it, yeah. mostly to the burning the books. Oh well, that's oh, incredible. Oh, that's yeah. that's just uh, perfect framing, perfect editing. Yeah, it's a great. It all just so worse. Um, well, and it, it is interesting because like in the it, she does make clear in the book that at the time people were like, this is wrong, right? Like it's not like they were. Everyone was just like, we're on board with him dating a 14 year old. Like there, like one of her nicknames in the national press was the live in Lolita. Yeah. And it's which is also an insane thing to hang on her, but um, you know, so it's like people were calling it out even at the time that this was wrong. Yeah, in the movie, there's just kind of whisperings of conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. The one woman being like, "Oh, but she's it, like I, a child." Yeah, I think it it's softened because it's so hyper focused on, I guess as as factually as it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you are locked, and into a lot of it's nuance, and it's her perspective. Mm-hmm. So going from her perspective 
softens it considerably. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, I, the movie's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Because it is complicated, right? Because if there were no, like, if there were no good times, right? Like, why would she have ever stayed, right? Why would she want to be with him? Like, there has to be well, you can something. Make an that she was coerced. I mean, well, yeah, of over course. many years. But like, uh, there, there, are, you know, of course, yes. But, and I that mean, is the the reality. But her like, looking there back were, on it, she's okay with it for whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. There's so many montages in the movie, but my two favorite montages are the one where they are in love. And they're at Graceland, and they're mm-hmm. with the fraternity, and there are fireworks and bumper cars, and they're kissing under the sky, and it's like definitely sort of this like crackly sort of thing. Yeah. And then my next favorite one is when she's in LA and she's getting free, and she's like growing up in the places where he's abandoning her emotionally, so she has yeah. like space to grow up. Exactly. But she's to in find LA. out what kind of person she yes. wants to be. Yeah. And she's driving and swimming and like fighting and laughing. Yeah. I'm like hell yeah, <laughs> this is correct. That's an amazing. Also, that whole montage is so great because like they very subtly start to age up the actress. Mm-hmm. Like, she becomes the age that she is in real life, actually. Which yeah. is incredible how she goes from 14. Like, they do a great job of, of the yeah. aging of her. But uh, specifically in that montage, reading the book, again, I was like, it's crazy because she starts to wear jeans in that montage. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge point in the book about how Elvis hated jeans because it reminded of him of growing up poor. And so he and anyone in his inner circle was banned from wearing jeans. You and know, so normal a, shit to do. Yeah, just a normal cool friends. guy thing yeah. to do to be so like dictate what everybody yeah. in your... Solid colors, motherfucker. No jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah. No and jeans de- for and me. definitely as it goes on, you see she's wearing the pattern she wants to wear. She's yeah. wearing the colors definitely she wants the to patterns. wear. It's yeah. these little subtle things where you're like, oh, she's breaking away from you know his his hold i think the whole film does so much with color that i love like i love the kind of like color uh, nods to characters yeah. and things like that like as soon as she has lisa marie she starts she stops wearing blue she starts bringing in more pink and then after that photo shoot she's wearing purple at the photo shoot and that's when lisa she realizes lisa prefers a nanny and right away she's like fuck that yeah. and the next scene she's wearing yellow the mm-hmm. next scene she's wearing jeans all of a sudden she doesn't wear pink again she doesn't wear purple again and she doesn't wear blue again yeah yeah, yeah. it's Beautiful. really this yeah. the the yeah that's and that's what sophia coppola does <sighs> sophia coppola is a master of that stuff it's yeah. really incredible yeah mm-hmm. truly i so that's that's my main so i i've watched the movie twice in the past week because the first time i was kind of i liked it but i was lukewarm then after reading a bunch of the book i thought let me give it another shot especially after watching clips from the mini series i was like but well, what i remember of the movie is better than this mm-hmm. <laughs> so so i watched the the movie a second time last night and i i do like it better overall and especially like seeing the way she dramatizes these moments She's such a good technical filmmaker. She also has such an interesting take, which is that so much of the movie is mumbled, whispered, intimate, yeah, human, as opposed to the miniseries, which is that, you know, like, primetime soap opera. Shouting like, from uh, the rooftops kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, even even um, the, the, the piano scene, which is taken from the book. In the, in the movie, he's playing a whole lot of shaking going on, and the, the glass falls off, and he catches it. Which is feels like a little bit of a bravura moment, but it's more realistic than in the miniseries where he's just like staring her down and he's just like, Are you lonesome? Which I don't even think that song came out yet, but <laughs> Are you lonesome tonight? Um, but what I will say is that Sofia Coppola is so good aesthetically with surfaces, with textures, mm. and I feel like I wanted, even if I don't like, you know, agree with it, if I'm like, my point of view is not. Uh, I was going to say Lisa, but uh, Priscilla's point of view, 
I feel like she becomes too much of an object to project on, and I want that interior Priscilla in the film more. Mm. Um, because there are just a lot of moments of her looking forlorn, and like I want to know her rationalizations, or I want to know her like accept you know acceptance or whatever, as opposed to just being like, is she sad? Is she? You, usually, I would agree with you. I'm always the guy that wants more internal like. But I, I, I got to say the opposite. I, I like the movie's approach this time around because you have to you have to kind of force yourself to just kind of imagine what it would be like to be in her position. Mm-hmm. And you don't get her exact thoughts. You just get her frustration and like her out her expression of whatever she's dealing with. And you it's up to you to figure out like, well, what the fuck is going on in that head of hers? Like mm-hmm. she doesn't maybe maybe even know at this point. She's still trying to figure it out. And I kind of like that about the movie. I agree. Personally, I, personally, I, I feel yeah. like I feel like though, with with Priscilla telling the story in the book, I do even though it's not a strong plot or trajectory. I feel like I get a little more of a trajectory, whereas I feel like a few of the like, Elvis bad, Elvis supplicating, Elvis bad, Elvis apologizing, like just becomes a little samey in the middle. Um, even though the oh. events are like sometimes escalating, like I'll, throwing I'll make, a fucking I'll chair. I'll make one exception. I wish they had done. An Arrested Development narration moment from the book when she's like, when she's like, I finally have him, and then she looks at the pills and she's like, and I'd realized that my real competition was the pills. Forget me. Like, not. holy fuck, that's a crazy line in this book. Yeah. yeah. And she was right. She was right. Yeah. I will say it is. I I I know what you mean. Especially, it gets very fragmented. As it gets near the end, I feel mm-hmm. like it, it starts to make bigger jumps in time. Mm-hmm. I do wonder, I read somewhere, I think that like $2 million got slashed from the budget right before shooting. And and Sophia Coppola was like, well, there goes a week of shooting. And I do wonder if maybe yeah. there was more connective tissue that we, we lost because of that. Hmm. But it does give it almost, again, like a dreamy, I think even you said, Justin, like a tone poem sort of quality as it gets closer to the end of like, you know, you're just kind of you're taking these leaps in time, and life just sort of keeps happening. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, eventually yeah. she just realizes, I I gotta I gotta, I gotta get, get out of this. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I yeah I and I want to make it clear. I feel like the film is very good overall, and like I would say, like four out of five stars, whatever. Um, it's just I wish the connect yeah that connective tissue was a little <laughs> bit more tissuey, and I missed it because you were facing the other way. Uh, better than killers, man. They are like there are uh, definite parallels you can draw. <laughs> I mean, you're 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 I dead. You're dead fucking wrong. Yeah. But uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but there are parallel. It is interesting. Personally, I mean, they, personally, they speaking. are about marriages that are sort of built around like emotional abuse and manipulation, yeah. and how that affects like uh, the the world at large. Be it, it's kind of more of what I wanted from Killers in this movie. Weirdly enough, huh. like her perspective. I well, needed yeah. more. You of did that say that on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. I remember that. Sorry, yeah, go to ahead, be clear, Justin. you're talking about Killers of the Flower Moon, our our last discussion. Oh yeah, not and not, the, and not, not the fast vendor uh, pluralizing <laughs> the new oh, Fincher movie. Killers. <laughs> yeah. I I think like I I love this film, and but I really like Sofia Coppola films, and I like I think what she does really well is this idea of isolation, confinement, and connection and disconnection from one another mm-hmm. and when I think about the film sort of like arc or stop or start it's a series of like connections and disconnections so 
you know, she's alone in Germany. She meets Elvis and it's like, boom, this explosion. And there's just a deep connection between them. Again, which we can, we could debate all day about whether that is like a genuine connection of homesickness and missing, you know, no way home, to know. Or if this is just like a straight grooming situation and he's right. a horrible liar. Well, the fact that that guy picks her up Ugh. and then brings her to him. Scouts her, yeah. Scouts her. In the movie, I was like, mm, this is weird. Well, it's but in the trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm, I, I kind of wish they had, because doesn't he attack her later on in the book? Isn't that no, the same it's not guy? That guy? It's, it's not a, that guy. It's a different oh. guy from that circle. Oh, that's in the to... fucking miniseries too. The the uh, scene where one of her but one of Elvis's buds tries to rape her in the car. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And 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 in the miniseries, they they amp it up where like Elvis then like beats the guy to a pulp, and it's like. Because then it just yeah it makes Elvis a hero in that moment. And it's Sometimes like, the most yeah. obvious choice isn't the right choice. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she, so she meets all this. She's this like big explosion. And then she's like waiting by the phone for weeks. And then she goes and Turns sees him again. Turns into years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that scene where her dad or her, her stepdad is like, you have to pick her up yourself. And when she opens the door onto her front lawn and he is standing out there in his uniform with a car, and I was like, you're done for. Like, you're not going to be yeah. able to have any power in this situation. You are fully in love or under a spell. Like, it's mm-hmm. over. And so she's in that life. And then, yeah, then there's two years where she's just... Pining. Pining. Just she can't straight. think of anything yeah. else. She's completely devastated. She's... Like, it's one thing to be ghosted. It's another thing to be ghosted by someone. Then you get, like, Tiger Beat magazine. Right. Yeah. And you read all about his new love affair. Yeah, yeah he's dating. All of his co-stars. Yes. Yeah. And then he calls her, and she has this, like, explosive two weeks. And then she goes back. And then yeah. when she moves into Graceland, he's not there. Yeah. And she just is part Do you of want the to know furniture. The craziest part in the book to me was when she goes to Vegas. She's like, this is the first time I've seen him. And I was like, what? what? Yeah. Seen him you, perform. I know. Like, I know. What? Never seen him perform. Insane. It's insane. So insane. She, she is just like picked up and put down and picked up and put down. And so some of my favorite scenes are when she's just wandering Graceland. She's, yeah. you know, she's told like, don't make a spectacle of yourself on the lawn. So she's just like in the she house can't even play with, with the, dog. the blinds uh, yeah, drawn, yeah. sitting on the couch. She's not allowed to be around the other women who are working and have jobs. Like, yeah. get out of here. I mean, she's just truly part of the scenery of Graceland. And so yeah. I love these moments of, like, extreme connection and then just complete absence and emotional neglect. And yeah. then deep connection where you're locked in my bedroom for many days on end okay. while I eat peanut butter and bacon and bananas and, <laughs> you know, and... It does sound kind of good, right? <laughs> Watching the Beverly Hillbillies. Yes. I, I wanted to say real quick, too, that in that scene where she's told don't make a, don't make a spectacle, that's the character that's supposed to be uh, Elvis's stepmom. Who's like the the oh. woman that he D the woman yeah. that he hates oh, yes. who plays his mother? Yeah. Yeah. because he's obsessed with his mother and because he yeah. wants to fuck and, his mom. And it's it's interesting to me because that's more of a thing in the miniseries too. Is D the woman who replaced <laughs> Gladys, the wonderful mother? I did notice every time she showed up in the movie, it's like a really punctual like I fucking hate you kind of yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of great. Thing she's is, she's, in and she's out. just like the scowl in the corner, which yeah. I think is a very interesting approach to it in the in the Priscilla uh, yeah. in the movie version. Yeah. Well, ultimately, isn't she like, don't be in the front lawn because you're a 16-year-old girl and you're supposed to be a secret? Get back in the house, secret? 
but it's like a secret that everyone knows. Right. I think she's uh, just like. But the abuse is usually a, yeah. a huge open secret. You just don't yeah, talk about it. Ex- exactly. And that's kind of what, I mean, I think as when they do eventually get married, isn't everyone's like, it was the best kept secret, wink wink, in Hollywood yeah. that he was <laughs> with this woman. Yeah. Uh, I think the movie also, and again, not to defend this guy, but it is this thing of Careful. like. He's 24. He's very famous. He's like obviously emotionally Careful. incredibly immature. I'm just, I'm just saying. I think it's also like you. The movie, if if you want to, it's, it's like softening or whatever. It's in the performance, but it's like in the book, he is like clearly emotionally like has the maturity of a of a of a teenager. Like he is yeah. now. He's incredibly manipulative and knows that he can do that because he's famous and the power dynamics are all in his favor. And there are some really horrible moments of that in the book, like yeah. him forcing her to pack and then going see you just got to get pushed to this point which oh is like God. the most that chilling part. moment is chilling yeah well yeah. even just that even just the phrasing of like like she's excited she wants to have sex with him and he's constantly like i will know the time and yeah. i will dictate the time that we consummate this relationship yeah, the wording of that was really fucking with me too it's I wild it was like halfway through the book where i was like he's so obsessed with purity i was like is elvis a virgin like what is going yeah. on right now but of course in the movie he tells her like you're too pure to touch. I can yeah. only fuck those other people. Yeah. What? So he's only I, my co-stars, baby. He's just he's just got a weird thing going on. Well, there's also well, like, control. It's yeah. all about it's control, all control and optics and perception. And yeah, there's the Madonna whore mother I'm obsessed yeah. with thing as well. That's You're like stay pure for me, right, also baby? an issue. <laughs> like there's just yeah, well, dude. I'm 14, so probably. And also, I can't go yeah. anywhere. So yeah, I guess so. I mean, okay, yeah. That was one of my major notes in the movie. Where like you can't help but. Feel think as it being in the audience like well, why doesn't she leave and i wrote literally go where yeah she yeah. can't go where she could not yeah. go home can't even have a job well, that money. was a devastating thing having that, to ask in the like book, his dad for money oh yeah in the book this time that also hit me was just that she was like when she left to live with him full-time it was that she had two purposes which her was full-time not, job not losing elvis and also to like literally prove her parents wrong, like like not wanting to prove them wrong for letting her go, yeah. which is like what an insane amount of pressure to put on yourself in both ways. Where it's like, well, I have to keep the rock star in my house happy, and yeah. also my parents, the people who love me the most in the world, I don't want to make them feel bad about yeah. having let me done this. Like it's an ins- her it's a rock and a hard place to, to keep him happy is so deeply sad to me. Yeah, it's it's quite Well, um, so she gets pregnant, he says, you know, a lot of pregnant women let themselves go. So she lost weight while she was pregnant? Yeah. How is that possible? And well, the doctors are like, don't do that. It's like, a, it's one of the... She seems, she seems so proud. She's like, I never had to buy maternity clothes. And it's like, yeah. don't be proud of that. Yeah. Fucking hell. It's yeah. one of the, uh, again, a quietly devastating moment of the movie is her putting on the fake eyelashes before she goes to oh, have I know, the dude. baby. Is like, what a great touch. It's insane. It's incredible. And I don't know... I I don't, obviously don't know anything about the actual labor but it also feels of the time period where like she went to sleep and like woke up with a baby you yeah, know right, right. like yeah, yeah. So they like knocked her out or something <laughs> yeah she's like and it's very it's so much like royalty here's like, your birthing gets, quaaludes yes, <laughs> yes. like oh my word and then when she's leaving the hospital she's in full makeup again and the yeah. elvis is there and they get into the car it just it reminded me so much of just like royalty like she is a prisoner and he is mm. a cultural commodity and they're both just fucked yeah yeah yes it is yeah, that it's thing. a doomed to fail situation yeah it, it's that with elvis i always think it's i don't remember who said this but it's that thing like you are emotionally always the age you are when you become famous like you mm. never can really mature past that mm. and it's like so yeah and like you say he's a cultural commodity so he 
feels this weird connection to his fans and this like he puts that in the image above so much. it's it's really well yeah Dude, he's, he's, got, he's got the letters. kid thing which yeah. in the in the book they they talk about him just buying a ranch he's like i want to oh, i want to be a cowboy yeah. give me a bunch of horses yeah which in the movie they like transmogrify into him being like what's that old house let me just smash that with a yeah. with a <laughs> you get the, the same bulldozer clip uh, bulldozer get the yeah, same expression which well, you realize yeah. what a little boy he is. Yes, like, he is a exactly. little boy. He's literally just pointing at things and being like, I'm going to do that now. Yeah. Oh, and it, he yeah. really, I think what's more clear in the book that's a little foggy in the movie to me is like, he's a cult leader. Like, he is running yeah. a cult. And he controls everyone's finances. And everyone yeah. has to be walking on eggshells around him. And, you know, he pays for his family. He's, he is, co- like, so commodified by them as well. So everyone is serving him. Yeah. But they also have to be on call at all times. Like, that's yeah. some real cult behavior. Yeah. And, you know, I think about, too, like, we were talking about, like, his own emotional illness. And his mother, it sounds like his mother had just died when they met. Yeah. And he just seems like that was a very bad relationship. Like, a very, very bad. Yeah. He's like, she was my whole world. And you can almost hear him saying, I'm going to do And that. now you're my yes. whole world, mommy. Yes. No good. Yeah. <laughs> no good, guys. Yeah. Virgin sex, mommy. You're yeah, my whole th- world. Thank you for putting that into it. Yeah. It's the, the culty thing as well. I couldn't believe how word for word it was in the book, the moment where he's like preaching in Los Angeles to the room. Like that was, oh, I, which is yeah. one of the it best laughs in the movie yeah. for me. It doesn't yeah. come off funny in the book, but in the, in the film and he looks, he sounds ridiculous. Well, it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not funny in the book because she's focused on the girl that's obviously that's flirting right. with him and that's her concern. Yes. Yeah. And her sort um, of, again, isolation. Which from we, him we do see in the movie with like her, how she looks at her and it's like really pissed off about it but yeah it's fucking hilarious there's al- yeah there's also just something like yeah he's kind of a, just my opinion but uh i think he was attracted to it. i think he was attracted yeah. to it. but yes you, you have to make your own mind up like he is a buffoon on some level yes. yeah i can't be with a woman that doesn't read my philosophy actually I, this, what? Uh, it was a tweet that i will quote now briefly where it's like only sofia coppola could turn elvis into a silver lake indie musician who <laughs> is so proud of having read one book yeah and it's like yeah that's kind of the feeling of it did weird. elvis remind me of most my exes. I'll take silence. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. There's there's also just something incredible. So you're in a couple of cults, huh? Sure was. <laughs> there's something so incredible. You can find us on YouTube at no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, incredible about how fucking tall he is. Yeah. <laughs> he just towers I thought he was over a her. great Elvis. Oh, he's really good. I think it's a great performance, yeah. but it's so visually Yeah perfect well, yeah. well and, and I'll stop bringing up the miniseries because whatever but like that's the thing is in you the miniseries it, dude. Priscilla <laughs> is played by an actress who is 25 years mm. old and is basically the same height as the actor playing Elvis so that minimizes the creep factor but mm. in in this Coppola movie you see tiny Priscilla and big Elvis and it's there visually immediately every time you just see it and, a, every and single according time. to Sofia Coppola they were they were like she was on three apple boxes like for every shot like that's how tiny she yeah. is compared to he's like six five he's massive like yeah. so and but it really does add to that that level you you cannot forget yeah he's older and bigger than her 
and more imposing. Yeah, just consistently. Yeah, yeah again, like looming over her, literally, literally, <laughs> literally looming and, large, a, a looming, mumbling <laughs> cult leader maniac. <laughs> you know, baby, uh, I think uh, I think I I think I love you. I don't know. Uh, just, I'm gonna throw this chair at you, and uh, <laughs> I got my I got my mama's temper. I'm gonna apologize real quick. See, baby, yeah. I did it because you made me. Uh, well, you made me do these crazy things. You know, if I had, if the dialogue wasn't, I think the dialogue is pretty like word for word from the book, just like ripped right from it. Yeah. And if I hadn't read the book and read the dialogue, I'd be like, what the fuck is he saying? Yeah. I don't know if I would even catch. Yeah. Like, I so fucking love so that he mumbled everything. That, yeah, I, I found it thing, a great touch. That's the thing about rewatching it after having actually read some of the books, being like, oh, she's taken so much straight from the book. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Truly. It's totally. It's yeah. there. And, yeah. As far as adaptation, it's fucking excellent. Like and just it, yeah. just taking this material. Oh yeah, and agree. Excellent it. adaptation. Yeah, I was really happy about about it because I think like she gives Priscilla so much power and so much visibility. And like it's not that the movie isn't isn't about the abuse because yeah. it is recognized constantly. Yes. But in such subtle ways or little offhand comments That's that, what I was saying. It's that, a very subtle movie yeah, in I weird hate, ways. I hate to call it this, but it's almost sweet because it's there, but also her experience is central. Yeah. And what's happening inside of her is central even when it's vacant. Yeah. You're like, oh shit. I think Coppola tried to soften Priscilla's own perspective yeah. as much as she could to, to, to make this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just in there. It's in the DNA of everything. It's it's a love story and a terrible abuse story, and I think it's yeah. both things in equal measure in the book and in the movie. What we think about what has happened is is interesting, but main right. ha- really has nothing to. And to it's do. us looking back through time, exactly. so it's like. And I I don't know how well you folks remember because I don't know, but. Do you remember that basically the movie is punctuated with all these motif, like this motif of her walking down halls? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it's kind of like each one is a comment on where she is in her journey. Mm. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's, it's a, it's a very good point that, that you've made there. Cause I think one of the most powerful moments of the movie and, and it's in the book as well is when Elvis is like, she's seven months pregnant and is like, Hey, I think we need some time apart. Yeah, dude. Which is, is an amazing... So I talked about it on the way home from having seen it with Audrey, and she's like, I just wonder what was going on in Elvis's head at that moment. And I was like, I think she fucking wonders what was going on yeah. in his head at that moment. But they've been together long enough that she's like, I'm just going to call his fucking bluff and be yeah. like, yeah, I'm out of here. And yeah. then she doesn't even make it to the end of the hallway. And he's like, oh, I changed my mind. Come yeah, back. I'm sorry. And, and it's like she has gained a little bit of power and like, or at least knows how to like, in play a, him it's, in that It's moment. like a touch of a phantom thread in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like almost, almost is manipulating equally back, but obviously not. Yeah. yeah. But in her own way, she is manipulating him as best as she can. Yes. Yeah. Mostly for her own preservation. Right. Without even realizing that that's why she's doing it. I think she's already on the way out. Yes. Even yes. if she doesn't realize it. Like, you can tell when she gets pregnant that she's like, well, what about our plans? And she had definitely pictured her life differently. But I think by the time she's that pregnant, I think she's already sort of like, you know what? Maybe this isn't right. Yeah. And I think about that moment where he tells her, like, you know what? I think we need some time apart. And you wonder how premeditated that is. Or does he just want to start an argument, get attention, yeah. make her feel bad, yeah. have her grovel? Like, could, and she's all, could like, be Man. all the above, yeah. for all we know. And, yeah. and I think that is like one of the questions, that is the question of the movie, like what 
what is going on in this guy's head? And she just doesn't, we'll never know. Like, again, we'll, know. we'll never know. I think he's just a flippant man-child. Yeah. I mean, that's totally. it. I think yeah, Basically, he's just sort yeah. of, again, looking for a reaction at any yeah. given time. And also just seems to be a person who was, like, never had any sort of peace or, like, mm. happiness. I mean, on some level, and just is, like, I'm gonna just crash this car from, yeah. from guardrail to guardrail and see if something happens because, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I thought I had it all figured out, or I, I became a rock star, and I got all this. I got to read the book happy. of numbers, yeah. and yeah, it's, yeah, all this. Yeah. I, I, I really like the acid scene, if yeah. only for the moment. Oh yeah, where well, the two, one where she's like touches him, and is like your shirt is breathing, <laughs> and then and then she like walks up to one of his ridiculous tiger statues and just starts nodding like it's talking. To yeah, him. that's a good one. <laughs> See, I like all the weird like he had that like huge glass dog next to his desk. And yeah. He has the tiger, and then he has Priscilla. Like it's just another little mm. caged animal. Like she might as well just climb up there. Oh, and she's definitely the, his the dolly. Tiger. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, uh, especially with all the like trying on the outfits and picking the color. In front of his fraternity, his crew, his man. frat, his frat. Yeah, it's a weird scene. What it, the fuck? It really is. Like, they are such like little boy. Like, they're oh. every time you see them, they're like one of them's just hit somebody, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's so yeah. ridiculous, insane. I love it. I mean, yeah, they're they're just little boys yeah. bopping around. Uh, yeah. Justin, I do like what you said about the hallway. I think there are so many moments in the film that are, like, freeze-framed in my mind. And she's in a hallway, or she's alone, or... Like, in the, one of the last scenes where she is saying goodbye to, like, Dodger and some of the people at Graceland, all the women. She's, like, hugging these three women goodbye, and I'm like, oh, those are your moms. Because mm -hmm. they raised you, because they've yeah. known you for ten years when mm -hmm. you were a child. That, yeah, that was such a great. I mean, that's such a great choice to be like when she leaves Elvis, they don't even embrace. But then she goes back to and those. Well, what has that insane silhouette of him just sitting at the <laughs> on the bed in the motel? Yeah, or looking, the hotel. looking not well. Yeah, uh, but yeah, exactly. Like the love between it. Yeah, I feel like there was definitely like three women being like. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, he, you gotta go. He's gotta fucked go. up. Yeah, we and we work here, so but yeah, you gotta go. We're all related to yeah. him and and work for him, so yeah. it's yeah, tough. The, but the, we yeah. respect you getting out. Right. Uh, the housekeeper, Alberta's like he hasn't called me Alberta in years. He just keeps calling me VO five. I mean, that's not in the movie, but but that was just a detail from the yeah. from the book. That was just like he just calls her VO five now. Jesus, because it's a funny joke to him. Yeah. yeah commodifies everyone around him yeah yeah yes. yeah you know something sinister happened behind those gates y'all yeah confinement and and speaking about that scene too the the thing that i thought was a really excellent touch and i'm assuming sophia coppola is going this meta with it is the choice of the dolly song at the end yeah. mm -hmm. i will always love you because famously that is the song that she gave or that colonel parker was like we can get elvis to record this song but you got to give us half the publishing. And she was like, no. And obviously that paid off great for her. So it's both like in this moment, like um, uh, Priscilla's leaving to lead her own life set to this score. That's, that's speaking to the regret, speaking to the like stamp that Elvis has had on her life in the same way Porter Wagner had on Dolly's life. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, but you don't get them. Right. Elvis, the Colonel, you don't get Dolly. You don't get mm -hmm. Priscilla. Yeah, and that's and when I wept. I looked. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very touching <laughs> moment. Beautiful I, moment. There's a further addendum to that as well, which is that Dolly, in a later interview, said like, "Oh, I spoke to Priscilla about that song, obviously," 
and Priscilla was like, when we were walking down the courthouse steps of the Beverly Hills courthouse when our divorce was finalized, Elvis was singing me, I Will Always Love You. Holy shit. Yeah. It's wild. Wow. Again, like, sweet. Also, totally fucked. Yeah. I will yeah. always control you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget, I'm always yeah. watching. So, I mean, has many meanings, that song. And, yes, and, and it works truly. on, wow. it's like almost. Just about every level. Yeah, and it's like almost, it's one of those where it's like, oh, it's a little obvious. And then you're like, but it just works so fucking well. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? It's 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 incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I love this movie. It's yeah. really good. I, I want to say, too, like, what I love so much about it is just its girlhoodness. Mm-hmm. Like, lipsticks and, and heels and clothes and, like, even though he is orchestrating it, there's, like, teenage rebellion in it about, like, dyeing her hair black and, mm-hmm. like, wearing more makeup and, like, it's it's gross that he did it for her, but also, like, it is such a firm like Sofia Coppola movie and that it's like about girlhood and like trying to become a woman or yeah. becoming a woman or like <laughs> abusing your way into becoming a woman. Yes. But it's just it's so pretty and it like it the end there like is just when she kind of takes that all away, her hair becomes brown again, she starts wearing different clothes. Like I just love that like girlhood arc. Yeah. And I'm so glad Sofia Coppola made this movie. And no, somebody I, else. Yeah. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I liked it. So, because I re- oh, I read this book earlier this year, because I think it was maybe around when Lisa Marie died, someone had ordered it, they never got picked up, I was just always like flipping through it at the front, and I finished it, and had a lot of the same feelings that you had of just like, this is haunting, but mm-hmm. also kind of beautiful, and I was like, man, there are so many moments that are very cinematic in this, I wonder if anyone's going to make a movie, Google, 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 Sophia Coppola's doing it, this is fucking perfect, and yeah. and I've been looking forward to it ever since, cause, and, and it did not disappoint, it was like, exactly... Yeah. A Sofia Coppola movie, and I and I, I rewatched Lost in Translation last night, which I think there are many. many I don't need to rewatch so that. I got it memorized, buddy. Yes. It's <laughs> incredible. So many parallels between all of her films. I watched Somewhere for the first. Yeah, movie. Elvis. Oh, Elvis yeah. gets off on a bus and he meets a kid named Spike Jones. Spike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Holy shit, is he nuts? Yeah, he was Boy. just a skater then, but now. <laughs> I didn't think he was a jackass, but <laughs> one day he'd be her. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, so that, again, yeah, her in a gilded sort of like she's up in this hotel room overlooking a beautiful city and she's just cannot get out of bed. She's stuck yeah. there. She's trapped there by her own, you know, the, you know, the, the discomfort with her own relationship, with her own self and finding herself. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's a very similar and mm-hmm. yeah. what a perfect thematic sort of, uh, you know, a tourship to like follow it this movie just lands yes perfectly land like like a, a 10 10 out of 10 landing in her oeuvre it's like perfect mm-hmm. so yeah she copal it hard she yeah. copal it so hard <laughs> mm-hmm. cool do we have any uh last final thoughts we want to squeeze in before we get to um, our ratings and my last final thought is for the third elvis movie <laughs> i want them to follow his crew of buddies and I want it to be like that show with uh, Adam Paley and Sam Richardson, where they're like uh, their best friend becomes like famous, and then like dies, and so they have to like figure out how to live their life without his like protection and money. I want that 
third Elvis movie mm-hmm. following those guys in the aftermath. Well, you do half Entourage, half that movie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it rules, and then, oh, yeah. he's dead. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It, oh, it, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, the, that's the title. Yeah. I was going to say, and it's also strange, this is another Elvis-centric movie of the last two years that was not shot in America. Because mm. Boslerman's Elvis Why are you was, shaking your fist? was all shot in Australia, <laughs> and then this He's one was dude. all you... shot in Toronto. It's and cheaper. Why? There. I mean, yeah, of course. I just think it's interesting considering he's like an American icon that we can. What's only... more American than producing something outside mm. of America? Well, for in, America, in this modern America, <laughs> I suppose that you you are correct. I just think it's in, I just think it's interesting. I don't have any feelings yeah, about yeah. any which way. I mean, you're hurting your teeth, so you uh, well, have something. You know, bearing my teeth uh, at okay. you specifically. But, uh, sure. but anyways, yeah, just one of those things. God bless Priscilla for just absolutely thriving. Like, she's, I think, post-Elvis, she's had a pretty great life. You know, she's lived a long life. Which also, let that be your reminder that within her lifetime, we could go from the events of this book to now. It's not that long ago. It's all within her lifetime. So anyways, mm-hmm. it just, you know, she seems like she's she's a great lady, and uh, I'm happy that she she was able to uh, keep living her life. Yeah, Anyways. I think we're all happy she got out, man. It's good. Yeah, and so and be in the Naked Gun yeah. movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. It still oh, blows my mind. Yeah. I Actually, forgot the, that. The follow-up. All the guns in the movie. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I loved it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I loved it. Ma- matching the guns. Gun to match the dress? Yeah, yeah. Why did I think of that? I know. That was incredible. <laughs> there are just a ton uh, of... Texas has thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> There are just a million great, like, again, jump cut or, like, cut jokes where it's like, you know, she lands in Germany and you see her parents and then it's, she hasn't, she's not used to wearing makeup and it's all run down yeah. her face and you're like, oh, amazing. unbelievable. Yeah. Like, so funny, but so heartbreak. Like, and there's just a million of those. They're oh, all really I love his, the line from her dad in the book is like, you look like two piss holes in the snow, like your face Jesus or something like Christ. that. Yeah. It's something Ooh, like that. It, it is. A crazy it, was, it, was, it was that, yeah. yeah. And that's insane. If that doesn't read stuff down, I don't know right. what does. I don't know even what that could possibly piss holes mean. in the snow, man, yeah. Good luck uh, with your heartbreak. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah, she was, yeah, was such heavy eye that, yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ. Insane. So, anyways. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, first round. Do we like the book? Colin. Yes, I love the book. Uh, I yes, Tyler also really liked the book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for identifying Sorry. yourself. I guess I I'll do that. Alan, <laughs> me myself and Alan uh, also like the book. Uh, yeah, I love the audiobook. Her yeah. her reading it and her like having little moments like something that they would never allow in an audiobook from someone else, like unless you were like the person who wrote it. Uh, I found it really interesting and fascinating. I agree. I I yeah. think also in that final copyright thing they said that it's copyright presley industries so clearly like she had final say and she's like i'm gonna chuckle yeah yeah uh, <laughs> oh i want to hear it i didn't know she read it herself that's yeah. really interesting i mean she chuckles throughout the whole oh thing yeah God, that's kind of amazing yeah. it's quite moving she's like this yeah. was crazy yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this was my life this happened to me yeah. i'm alive i mean honestly i read it's like a, a short nine hours you know yeah no it flies wow yeah yeah um, I uh, it's unanimous. I really like the book, yeah. and I also think the audiobook is well worth listening to mm-hmm. if that's the way you go. Um, great movie, Colin. Your take? I loved I loved the movie. I think it fits very firmly into her style and her themes. And I can't think of any other filmmaker who could made this made this book. I loved it. Completely Tyler, agree. Uh, ditto. <laughs> yeah, I think we all agree. It's D- really. Ditto. 
Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, like, do I need pink carpet and black hair? I don't know. Should I just change it all? <laughs> Can at least try it out. Elvis you liked know it. it's a Sofia Coppola movie because she was like the first thing I thought of when I read the book was the opening shot being her feet in super plush carpet, and I was like, <laughs> "You're never change. You're perfect. Yes. We love you, Sophia. Love the Sophia we love deserve. It. Yes. Uh, Agreed. So we're unanimous on that. So now comes the nitty gritty hard part between the two, which is better, book or movie? Colin, you're up. I had to say movie. I just prefer, even as <laughs> is horrible to say as a writer, as a memoirist, at that, <laughs> I prefer the visual medium. There's something so beautiful about the colors and the pacing and the softness of something that is so hard. And the music, I mean, we haven't even really talked about the music. Yeah. was so Bang good. soundtrack. That I just felt like, you know, it just, I loved the film. But at the same time, I devoured the book in like two sittings. So mm -hmm. it's really hard to say, but I, I would say I prefer the movie because there is that like full embodiment, I feel, of being able to witness her instead of being in her mind. It's just a different thing. And, mm. and just the beautiful visuals yeah. that Coppola can put together. It was like Marie Antoinette meets Lost in Translation with a little somewhere, and it's like, what's better than that? Mm -hmm. A summation, one yeah. might say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Com completely, completely agree, and I think I, I I would say read it, read it, watch it, do both. They're both great. But I personally, again, I would I would say the movie is just so yeah. good. It's so good. It's so engrossing. The music's incredible. Yeah. The needle drops alone <clears throat> justify the entire medium yeah. of cinema. Both their uh, performances, I really, really their performances really are great. Flawless. The the yeah. it's yeah, there are many many shots that are beautiful. I, again, like the roller skating, like the coloring yeah. of that is incredible. There's just it goes on and on and on yeah. how and good and this she movie does is. the thing again where there's period appropriate needle drops and then like anachronistic needle yeah. drops yes. and it all works. Yeah. It all works. It just it captures it. Yeah, the uh, the moment where she gets the ticket for the first time to go and that song kicks in which I'm blanking on the name yeah, but it's very Cynthia. it's yeah. Cynthia, very, it is not era appropriate yeah. but I was just like pumping my fist like this is the feeling of yeah. what this must have felt like it's incredible so yeah. you girl in love like yeah. read the book watch the movie but the movie I think it's a slight edge for me yeah I gotta go with the movie too I thought it was excellent um, I think I think the audiobook is really fascinating because it's someone reliving their own life and, and relaying that to you and having like a weird commentary on it. But I think the extra step, like the removal of her perfect perspective and someone else telling her perspective made it finally click for me. Like it, it, the Coppola movie is just fucking amazing. Yeah, and I would just say when you when you read the book, do and I know we've tried to preface this as much as possible. Like, strap yourself in for a little bit of a bumpy ride because I read this. I, I mean, I was hoping, it, you know, I was hoping for an inside look. It'd be interesting, you know, kind of frothy maybe. Forgetting just how horrifying this was. Like, there would be times where I'm reading and Audrey would just look over me like, "What are you reading again? Why are you like grimacing?" And I'm like. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. It's a rough one. It's like there crazy. are some rough bits, and and so just you know, strap yourself in for that. Yeah, I think yeah. every like my most common note in this book is either you or you are a child. Yes, <laughs> those yes. are just my yeah. margin notes. Like yeah. you're a child, you gross. 
Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the feeling, like, when he leaves and, like, he only calls her, like, every three months. I was like, man, so close to, like, a crisis diverted. Yeah. Like, yeah. if he just forgot to pick up the phone one time, maybe she just lives a yeah. normal life. She made yeah. one German friend. Just one, one German friend. Right. Yeah. She'd have something to root herself yeah. to not this guy. And, you know. Yeah. She could have gotten to philosophy a lot earlier, too. You know, yeah, right. And karate. And karate. Well, I mean, this, all, this also... Taekwondo. 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 This did also lead me down a path of investigating the uh, introduction of karate into America. Because I was like... Because Elvis, they don't show it in the movie, is studying in Germany in, like, 1950 karate. And I was like, is that, like, the earliest any American guy ever studied karate? Pretty close. He's up there. It's, like, him and, like, five other guys who all lived in Hawaii and, like, Torrance. And That, that, uh, is, yeah. that is one funny uh, anecdote that, like, I can see why it wouldn't be in the movie, but where he goes to just break up a fight he randomly sees on the street and he's like hey man if you want trouble i got trouble for you and he just like kicks a cigarette pack out of the guy's like front pocket uh. and <laughs> never was that precise with his kicking ever and like just walked away pretending like he could do that all all night and then yeah, yeah everyone was like if based on our usual uh that, that guy should be very thankful yeah. that elvis <laughs> was so accurate yeah, that day that was a good part we, of the book. he may not have been aiming for that <laughs> that exactly but yeah. very impressive yeah you know, and maybe that is why the book works for me or the film works for me is it 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 like it handles the myth and the reality all at one time the like mm. karate and the, on the street fighting and then you know everything else or even just like yeah like the photo of of elvis and nixon is kind of iconic in its way but the backstory being like he's just looking for a way to keep scoring drugs and not get caught mm -hmm. well, it's yeah, such an interesting it's inconvenient to travel on tour and have to get drugs everywhere you stop yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be much easier if i could just bring them on board and right. like specifically the two days leading up to that he was like mad about a fight he had with colonel tom parker so he just leaves the house and everyone's like How's he, he gonna get he, there? He doesn't do anything alone. He doesn't have any He cash. doesn't have money. He doesn't... <laughs> yeah. how, does he know how to buy a plane ticket? <laughs> yeah. This is an adult man, but we are worried that he may yeah. not be able to feed himself. Yeah, that's a wild, <laughs> somehow he wild just part from the book. Yeah. ends up in the White House. And you're like, yeah, I guess it was good to be a famous guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say, I, I was so pleasantly surprised by the book, because I think I've always thought of it as very tabloidy. I mean, the fact that our version in our store is only the mass market edition the fact that it was made into a mini series in the 80s like i think it's always existed in my head as sort of like a tabloidy kite kind of thing and so for that reason i think because coppola's movie is able to frame it in a more human way i mean priscilla is doing a very good job too like i, th I yeah. think her book is is actually very good yeah. it's it's not salacious in that way i i feel like some of the stuff where she's talking about his career later is almost like oh, i gotta give something for the elvis fans mm. yeah. instead of just stories about the time he threw a fucking chair at me um uh so i think i think because the coppola film has almost like framed this story in a more art-centered way and human-centered way I'm gonna give it to the film as well, so I think we're unanimous on that. But yeah. I think it's very close. I, I, I and unlike Muppet Killer, wave, yeah, yeah. <laughs> second second movie win. Um, but, but where I, would you rank the miniseries, Justin? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh. it's your favorite movie, right? <laughs> I mean, am I gonna just go home and watch it on repeat? Mm -hmm. No, I can't even make that joke. That's a stupid <laughs> joke. That's a stupid joke. Um, yeah, no, I would definitely rewatch the movie much more. Um, uh, oh shit! Sorry. 
It's okay. Yeah. How dare you bring humor to this podcast and throw me off my game? Cool. All right. So we have our second ever win for the movie. The first mm-hmm. was Jaws. You should go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it. But um, it was our first book, memoir. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Okay. So what I was going to say is unlike Killers of the Flower Moon, um, I actually think this is a movie that you can watch right after reading the book. And it just enriches the experience, yes. as opposed to Killers of the Flower Moon, where it was like, this feels awkward or weird or something. Like, it causes my spine to compress like mm-hmm. this. Um, Completely agree. Yes. But yeah, I, I feel like this is an, a very interesting experience to watch the book and or read the book and watch the movie so close together. All right, great. Next up, I think... Our plan is to do a Christmas book movie, which is The Thin Man, and it might just be the BTTM crew doing it, so just me, Tyler, and Austin. Not Austin Butler, I meant Alan. I meant (laughs) Alan. Look, what did you look? I take up so much people. mental space in Justin's brain that you don't exist anymore, buddy. It's fine. This is and also look. the fact that everyone <laughs> calls me Austin. Yeah, this yeah. Is, this or is, Tyler. Yeah. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. To I'll me. never fucking let this go. I'll even, tell you that. Even, <laughs> even worse than the time that I called Tyler Allen, I think, in the misery episode. That is true, when you were not there. That is, that happened. <laughs> so it's happened both ways. It's happened I was there in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. Come back for The Thin Man in December. Have a wonderful holiday season. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Skylight Books podcast series. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to check out the book featured in this episode or others, please visit skylightbooks.com. If you're in the Los Angeles area, stop by for one of our live in-person author events. You can find a calendar on our website. If you like this podcast, leave us a review. It really helps us out. Our music is by Duck the Piano Wire. Till next time. <laughs>